Brazil's death figures, Xinjiang cotton, Greenland's election and Prince Harry's Netflix show. This is your TLDR News Daily Briefing for Wednesday the 7th of April. In the first story of the Daily Briefing today, we move to Brazil to discuss coronavirus deaths. Throughout the pandemic, Brazil has taken a markedly more relaxed approach than other countries. President Bolsonaro has frequently tried to dismiss coronavirus as something no worse than a flu and has been hesitant to wear masks or indeed encourage others to wear masks. In fact, he's even opposed any lockdown measures nationally. Sadly, it seems that this relaxed approach has resulted in a relatively high death figure in comparison to other countries. Today, this has been reflected in the grim milestone that more than 4,195 people have died in 24 hours, the first time the daily death rate has exceeded 4,000 in Brazil. As we all know, for the death rate to have reached such a milestone, coronavirus cases and hospitalizations must have been increased. Indeed, sadly, this is true. Brazil's hospitals are currently overcrowded and many are even on the brink of collapse. Brazil has so far had more than 13 million cases of coronavirus, which have translated into more than 337,000 deaths. This death toll is only second to the US. Our thoughts with all of those who have lost loved ones to the virus in Brazil. Let's all hope that this situation improves in the near future. In the second story today, we move to China to discuss Xinjiang cotton. This story has a little bit of history that's worth explaining here. China has, over the last year, been criticised by the West for their treatment of the Uyghurs in the Xinjiang region. The West have accused China of using members of the Uyghur population for forced labour, mainly producing cotton. China hit back, stating that they did this willingly for high wages. The situation escalated earlier this year when it was discovered that Western brands, such as Nike and H&M, had criticised China themselves. The Chinese government did not take this well at all and started defending the cotton on TV. Today, it has been revealed that Chinese TV stations have even gone as far as blurring out Western brand logos from their programs in a show of solidarity with Xinjiang cotton producers. This had led to some, well, interesting editing. In some shows, those on screen have had their entire bodies blurred out for this very reason. In others, just their feet are blurred. What do you think about this decision though? Is this a legitimate way for TV channels to show their solidarity with cotton farmers and the Chinese government's version of events? Or is it a misinformed protest which demonstrates the power of propaganda in China? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. In the third story today we move to Greenland to discuss their most recent election. While Greenland may not be the largest and most internationally influential country, their election has been watched around the world, potentially because of the perceived ability for the opposition party to seize power. Before we explain this, we need to back up and explain the context of this election. Greenland is an autonomous region of Denmark, meaning that while Denmark owns the land, they have their own elections and, as a result, their own government. Since 1979, the Social Democratic Party, Simut, has been in a position of power. Well, all power four years. This time around, though, they have come second to the left-wing Inuit Atakasikit Party, who, as a more environmental party, oppose mining. This is a big issue in Greenland, as in the south of the island is the Kvenafeld mine, which mines rare minerals that can be used for weapons and electronics. Many locals have raised concerns about pollution, which they claim to be radioactive and toxic. It seems that now the Inuit Atakasigit party have won the election and are currently in the process of negotiating the formation of a government, they may soon be in a position to be able to close the mine. 
This would likely please the locals who live nearby, but will undoubtedly upset foreign interests who have an economic motivation to keep the mine open. As we said though, they are still in the process of negotiating the formation of a government, so we'll have to keep an eye on exactly what happens. In the last story today, we move to discuss the royals. It's fair to say that the royals themselves have had a pretty eventful year, particularly the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, or Harry and Meghan. They've effectively left the royal family and have taken part in an explosive interview with Oprah. In this, Harry discussed the financial difficulties that he faced when moving to America. He referred to this as being cut off by the royal family. As a result, he claimed he wasn't able to afford his security staff. It was around this time that he and his wife Meghan established Archwell, a public organisation which revolves around the couple's non-profit endeavours and media ventures. It has today been revealed that through Archwell, Prince Harry has agreed with Netflix to be involved in a show documenting the 2022 Invictus Games. Prince Harry himself founded the Games in 2014. The Games are an international sporting event for injured and sick servicemen and women. The Netflix documentary entitled Heart of Invictus will follow competitors as they prepare for the games and will include segments where Prince Harry addresses the camera. This particular show is undoubtedly part of a wider multi-million pound deal concluded between Archwell and Netflix. Exactly what else is included in the deal is as yet unknown. For those of you who think the news is too long, be sure to check out tomorrow's daily briefing. Read the newsletter by signing up at tldrnews.co.uk forward slash daily. Listen to the briefing by searching for TLDR News in your podcast app or watch the briefing over at youtube.com forward slash TLDR daily.